For the greater part of this decade, the San Diego Association of Governments has been moving forward on a plan to install 77 miles of bike lanes countywide. Because of neighborhood opposition, general confusion, and construction costs, only nine miles of these bike lanes are actually completed. The delay is not only costly, but it may further dampen excitement for a greener, healthier mode of transportation. For the San Diego Union Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is your San Diego News Fix. Josh Emerson Smith, you cover transportation for the Union Tribune, and soon you'll have a story coming out about this perennial problem of bike lanes, in which plans are in the works to establish a network that would go all across the county, but there always seems to be these major roadblocks. What's the problem? Right. So we have um, a bike plan, a $279 million bike plan um, to build out lanes all across the county. And it is over budget and behind schedule. And the question is why? And a lot of people were speculating, well, it's, you know, the bureaucrats don't know what they're doing. Um, The elected officials won't stand up to neighborhood opposition. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, maybe... Maybe it's, uh, you know, maybe it's just the rising cost of construction and just, Mm -hmm. you know, typical delays. So we tried to really kind of drill into that and see what was going on. And what we found was it was it's largely kind of a mixture of all of these things. Makes sense. uh, But one of the big factors that was surprising or one of the most surprising thing was just how complicated these projects were. You might think. Doing a bike lane project's pretty easy. Put some white stripes down on a road and call it a day. But these are very, very different. Yeah, these projects. aren't sharrows. These are actual protected bike lanes in many cases, right? They're not only just protected bike lanes. And maybe we should just take a quick second to tell people what protected bike lanes is. That's sure. where you have some kind of um, barrier between where the bike lane is and the vehicle traffic. Sometimes that barrier is a concrete curb. Sometimes it's the plastic bollards that you see now in some parts of San Diego. Um, sometimes they move the parking, the the on-street parking, out mm-hmm. to create a lane in between the curb and where the parked cars are. So that in itself is much more complicated than just striping a lane. Mm-hmm. But on top of that, these these projects by the San Diego Association of Governments, also known as SANDAG, this is our regional transportation and planning agency that collects um, uh, the transnet half-cent sales tax and then spends it on everything from uh, building new trolley lines to expanding freeways. Mm -hmm. So what we found was their plans, the SANDAG plans, were not only just protected bike lanes, they are completely overhauling streets. I mean, we're talking about putting in dozens of traffic circles all across the city. Um, We're talking about major pedestrian improvements, um, speed bumps, relocating fire hydrants, stormwater infrastructure. Um, Basically, just eight miles of bike lane could cost, you know, close to $20 million. So instead of the kind of quick and easy fix, we went for the super mega deluxe version of this plan in a sense, right? Yeah, basically, right? And... I guess, you know, in some ways it makes sense because San Diego has a lot of things going for it when it comes to being a Mm -hmm. bike-friendly region. Weather, obviously, great. Um, There are hills, but 
they're not insurmountable on a bike, especially when you consider people bike all over San Francisco, right? Yeah. Which has much more aggressive hills. Um, but one thing it does not have, one thing it has going against it is its kind of auto-centric design. A lot of these streets are designed specifically for cars, wide lanes, cars going very fast, um, often twisting around canyons, mm-hmm. right, with, with uh, narrow sight lanes, limited sight lanes. And so the question is, how can we really encourage people, especially those who are not avid cyclists, right, who maybe just want to use their bike to get to the grocery store or get to work, how do we convince them to get out on the road and use this cleaner form of transportation? And the answer from elected officials and uh, transportation researchers and advocates across the country has been, well, you got to build these protected bikeways. This is the way that you can really get people out there rather than just throwing some paint down on the street. Mm -hmm. And so far, about eight miles have been completed so far, right? Right. So of that, is there any of that new areas that kind of are a good example of where these bike lanes have really changed things or at least provide the option to people where it's, you know, safer to bike than it would normally be? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, there's a a number of projects. Um, The one... The one project that it has happened is in the city in the city of San Diego, um, is along I-15 mm-hmm. between Mission Valley and Talmadge. Okay, so this is a totally grade-separated path. It's not going through an urban area, um, and so it's much easier to create that right, mm-hmm. and because you're not going through people's neighborhoods, right? And yeah. one of the major things is taking out parking. So when you put these these bike lanes in these areas where there's actual homes and parking gets lost, then the neighbor the neighbors get upset. So really what we've seen is the paths that are often expensive, they're also extremely expensive, mm-hmm. but not going through neighborhoods. There are these grade separated paths like um, the Bay Shore Bikeway or mm-hmm. this um, State Route 15 um, path connector or um, the Inland Rail Trail, all of these things, or the Coastal Rail Trail, all of these things where it's just a path not going through an urban area, those are getting built. But until we get the full co- network mm, it's just where one they piece. all connect, I don't know if we're going to see massive ridership really materialize. The trick is when we get into the neighborhoods, mm-hmm. and that's where we've had the most holdup. Yeah, and where are the the most anti-bike lane neighborhoods in San Diego? <laughs> well, I, I mean, show me a neighborhood that's pro-bike lane. Yeah. That, that'll be news. Um, basically, we've seen a lot of pushback in Hillcrest. That's mm-hmm. kind of where this started. And we're about to break ground on 4th and 5th Avenues, the bikeways along 4th and 5th Avenue. And this is a big deal because the Hillcrest Business Association fought this for a long time because they felt like they were going to lose parking. It was going to hurt their businesses. And in the end, after extensive negotiation, they say they're only going to lose about 12 spots, maybe Mm -hmm. a little bit more than that. And they're okay with that loss. But another one that's going in along um, Landis and uh, Georgia and... Oh, I'm blanking on the last one. Is it Monroe? 
it's over in North Park. That one's going to wipe out 200 spots. So basically, yeah, that one's going to wipe the one that's going through North. There's another one that's going through North Park that's going to wipe out 200 spots, right? Mm -hmm. So you can see what's at stake here. And the Hillcrest Business Association fought this tooth and nail, right? Like they were out there. I mean, we're talking this thing's been in the work for five years now, right? And now we're finally getting to some consensus. But like I said, there's a lot of things going on. It's mm-hmm. not just the neighborhood opposition. What, what we also learned from um, talking with the city development and specifically the development services department that has to process all these plans and approve them is that they were not prepared for projects that, of, of this magnitude, of this complexity. And they, they, in a recent interview, and it'll be in the story when it comes out, I mean, the head of development services, Elise Lowe, who used to work for a like a pro cycling group, mm-hmm. um, Cir- Circulate San Diego, said, you know, we want to do these projects. I am very for these projects, but we were way over our head when we first started. I said, you know, these things could take um, six months. Turns out they ended up taking two years mm-hmm. or longer. She's now she says, well, now we're getting more comfortable with them. We understand how to negotiate and build certain things like traffic circles and other types of infrastructure. We think we can get it done more quickly. But she said definitely that there has been a bottleneck at the city at DSD. And a lot of that was due to just being overly optimistic about how fast we could process plans of this complexity. So where exactly did this disconnect appear? Like it sounds like this massive plan was made and agreed upon and somehow somewhere some organization didn't get the message and was surprised by how kind of in-depth these plans were where did that happen well so the way it works is sandag has an idea for a bike plan and they have and they have folks planners and some engineers that like draw this stuff up and then they bring in other consultants, mm-hmm. um, d- designers, and engineers to kind of put these things together. And then in order to be approved, they submit them to whatever city they're building in, in this case, the city of San Diego. And then it has to go through the Development Services Department and Public Works and all, uh, official approval by you know elected officials and everything else. And it's just, I think it was just way more of an undertaking than they realized, not only just because of the complexity of it, but also, I mean, we can't discount the neighborhood opposition. They, yeah. They've held dozens of meetings on this stuff, hours and hours of public meetings with people, very frustrated over the plans. And so not only are the traffic engineers at the city kind of wrapping their heads around this the community is wrapping its head around it too Mm -hmm. like not only well what is an acceptable loss of parking but also okay how can we work with the city to maybe relocate some of these spots because a lot of spots now have been saved a lot of parking spots have been saved by finding places to put them on adjacent streets Mm -hmm. so it's like changing the angle or something and using angled parking to fit more cars in on from a on a particular um, street and so it's just been one massive like learning curve for the san diego region putting in these things and it really i can't stress this enough when you look at these plants i mean we are overhauling the character of particular streets i mean it's Mm going to look completely different yeah certainly and it's it's always difficult when you make that kind of change because there's always people who want to keep things as it was in the past which doesn't always work when you want to change a car-centric culture into one that is more multimodal and there's definitely advocates who are frustrated with how far 
Sandag and the city have gone to try to find the eliminated parking, right? Like mm-hmm. they say, no, the idea is to get people out of their cars. We don't need to be finding new parking and, and catering to these elect to these um, to these neighborhood groups. The elected officials need to stand up and say, no, this is the wave of the future. Just swallow the parking losses and let's move forward. And um, the city has not been willing to do that. I mean, it, the elected officials have not been willing to do that. And I mean, to their credit or discredit, depending on your position, they have done extensive outreach with the community and worked mm-hmm. with them now for years on these projects to try to figure out what everyone can be happy with. Yeah, and that's just a hard political thing to do. It's like, you know, trying to change, in many cases, people's entire lifestyles. And it, it's kind of why people are so kind of entrenched in their own political view about these kind of things. Yeah, I mean, I do have sympathy for homeowners, right? That mm-hmm. is their biggest investment, and all of a sudden their neighborhood's changing around them. This could be very jarring, right? But then the idea is, or the the ethical or moral argument is that like we need to do this to for to be better for the environment. And there's people that say once the bike lanes go in, people will say, "I can't believe I never lived without these." Mm-hmm. But um, San Diego is definitely not there yet. Our bike network is extremely fragmented and even these are just the these are just the sandag bike lanes so the city has its own um, plans to build bike lanes and um, roughly there's about uh, there's bike lanes on about 500 miles of street right now Mm -hmm. throughout the city and since 2013 they've had plans to to more than double that Mm -hmm. but we've only built about 30 miles since about 2013 we've only built lanes on about 30 miles of street and so you can see that it's just slow going across yeah. the board. Yeah, it seems like things will eventually, you know, get further, but it will take this kind of constant stream of debate for people to get used to the changes. And and I think the point, I guess the point I was trying to make was the the bike lane networks won't reach their full usefulness until they're all connected. We have mm-hmm. like all these fragmented lanes right now. So it's like, oh yeah, this is great. I can ride on this lane, feel super safe for like two miles. And then all of a sudden it ends and I'm in heavy traffic. Yep. Well, you're not really going to draw in the casual cyclist until the network fully connects to each other. Certainly. All right. Josh Rimson Smith. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure to be here. In other transportation news, UCSD is considering bans on some bikes and scooters. The university has drafted proposed regulations that call for outlawing gasoline-powered and gasoline-assisted devices, which are usually a type of bike. Hoverboards would also be banned. UCSD would permit the use of a small, manually or electrically powered vehicles, including regular bikes, e-bikes, scooters, e-scooters, one-wheels, and skateboards. As the school edges closer to total enrollment of 40,000 students, pedestrian safety and mobility will become an issue. Thanks for listening to the San Diego News Fix, which goes live weekdays at 5 p.m. If you also like your news in your email inbox, we've got you covered. You can sign up for breaking news, top headlines, business, sports, entertainment, watchdog, caregiving, and more. We've also got Boletines en Español, plus emails from Pacific Magazine and a host of community newspapers. Just go to uniontrib.com newsletters. Until next time. <laughs>